1: Record. we're recording okay are you uh do a southern accent
0: I, yeah. I feel <laughs> different <laughs> y'all oh. What a so a funny thing that happened while my mom was sick she and I've looked this up like it's pro, it's like a thing that people will just come up with some random accent with brain injuries but one day she just steps out into the hallway and she just goes I feel different and for an entire day and a half, she stayed in character in this ridiculous Southern accent. It wasn't even a good one, <laughs> but she was just talking in this accent. She's, she's from Hawaii, y'all, not the South. And it was hysterical. So anyway.
1: She definitely yeah. feels different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're here. This is Danny J.
1: And then I'm Jill Coleman, and uh, we are excited today because we haven't actually, well, this has been on our list of topics for a while, and we don't exactly know how to sum it up. However, we have a few examples, and it's funny because just from a contextual standpoint, uh, Danny and I both work with people in their businesses using online platforms like social media, Instagram, Facebook, things like this. And obviously, you guys know Danny and I have been in the space for over a decade now. And um, one of the biggest, I think, of reluctancies or hesitancies or insecurities of people who are just getting into the space is this feeling of getting called out. So this feeling that they're going to get trolled on, that people are going to question them, that they're not a real expert, that they're going to get found out, right? So you maybe have heard of imposter syndrome, fraud syndrome, whatever. And what I always tell my girls is that if that is really one of your biggest insecurities, biggest sensitivities, it's probably gonna to happen to you more than anyone else. Yes. So if it's something that is on your radar, like, oh my God, I'm so worried this is gonna happen. It's a huge, like, it's just taking up a ton of brain space. Chances are, and I know this sounds strange, and this is kind of what I want to get into today is like the energetics of all this, that if it is something that you are thinking about, if it's something that you're worried about, chances are you're going to get it. Now, I think everyone gets it at some point on social media, but some people get it to a, a greater extent. Um, and I don't know, maybe you can tell your stories, but I, didn't, I, I don't really get that many anymore. I did early on, and I think it was a little bit of energy of like, am I good enough to do this? There are people who are more experts than me that, you know, are going to call me out. And also I was doing a lot more like biochemistry and science and stuff. And for whatever reason, there seems to be a lot of wanting to correct people and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but I don't really get it anymore. I don't really have, my energy isn't available for that. And so this happens obviously across in many different scenarios. The thing that we are the most sensitive to or the thing that we're most worried about tends to, show up. I guess I mean Garfield Nooney calls this the universe is trolling you. Uh yeah, yeah. But it kind of is. So what's your take on this concept?
0: <laughs> well, so I I wanted to talk about this cuz I was like there's just this way that we manifest our insecurities and in sometimes the most ridiculous ways. And now that I see it, I just laugh. I'm like, okay, yep, that's what this is. But um, just this funny example that happened to me a couple of years ago, and you're right, early on, I would get it a lot more. And I think it was when I was starting and, and a little bit more insecure, but just this random example, and it's just so ridiculous. I wanted to share it. So I don't know what it was. I started to have this weird insecurity about my forehead. And since I was young, I had this and I always had bangs. And I remember telling people I have to have bangs because my forehead's so big. And so sometime in like 2014, I just started obsessing about it. And I just kept thinking about, it. I was literally looking at surgeries, like to lower your forehead or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think like Monica Brandt had her hairline moved or something. And I was like, Oh, that's oh, a thing. Interesting. So this, it was suddenly this like this thought, this obsessive thing in my head. Now I had been doing YouTube videos since 2012. I had this old YouTube video and I logged into my YouTube account and I had this brand new comment from a two-year-old plus video and it said, your forehead's so big, you could put a drive-through movie on it. <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> also, that's An fucking hilarious.
0: Old ass video, old ass video, nobody had ever commented it except suddenly when I'm obs- obsessing over it. And so I was like, I got myself upset. And then later on, I just thought that's so ridiculous. I can't believe one how rude and people on YouTube are the rudest, but it's like, this is such a great example of out of nowhere, out of complete nowhere, I'm starting to think about this thing. And then I get the exact thing like, oh, other people notice too. Other people have seen my forehead. And we talk a lot on this podcast about owning your stuff, owning your truth, owning your body. But it's the same thing. It's like that time that you're really worried, oh, somebody's gonna see that I've gained a few pounds, or somebody's gonna see that I've, you know, that I don't know what I'm talking about, or somebody's gonna just and then they point it out and you're like, damn it, I knew it. And it's like this weird self-fulfilling prophecy. But for me, what the way I look at it now is. When it happened, you're kind of like, oh, that was it. Like, this guy's an asshole. I don't even know who they are. And you have this opportunity to face it and confront it head on and to realize that that's not even really a thing that you need to be worrying about. But yeah, the universe is trolling you. It has this amazing way of finding that exact thing you're worried about at the time. And then just going, here you go. You know, So
1: the question becomes, well, I'll I'll tell my story too. And I think we might have told this before, but I love that example because it's like, it's so random, right? It's so random. It's so out of the blue. And it's like, who even mentions that? He even notices that even. Um, And so same sort of thing happened to me. And I actually wrote an email to my list when it happened, but I got my dog Pip in uh, 2016 and I had never had a dog before. And I had never raised a puppy, never had a dog growing up. And so a lot of the things I was learning about just like dog behavior and dog training and things like that was all brand new to me. And I'd read like, I don't know, four or five Caesar Milan books. And I had been like reading like literally research papers, like literally just steeping myself in this. And for whatever reason, um, I had an insecurity because my dog was a maniac. I mean, she was a, she was a puppy, right? So that's just how they are. So I remember thinking to myself, okay, she's a puppy. She has all this energy. She's constantly like annoying and biting and I'm watching her all the time. And I was, if you've ever had a puppy, you know exactly what that's like. And, um, I remember going, okay, well, the good thing is that at least I can go on walks with her, right? This will be good for both of us. She'll get out her energy and it'll be good for me to get out of the house and I'll get my steps in and whatever. And I remember, I don't know why I didn't think that, like, I don't know why I just assumed she'd know how to walk on a leash. Like, I don't know why that was a thing. And I got her, she's only nine weeks and I put her on the leash and we went outside and she of course didn't know how to walk on a leash. I don't, but for some reason I was like, oh, she'll just get it. This is just what dogs do. And of course she didn't. So she is, I'm dragging her like literally the entire first week. I'm just dragging her down the street, alternated with every couple minutes, her sprinting ahead and then like clotheslining herself. Because she just had no idea, right? She didn't know, I didn't know. And both of us were struggling to figure this out. And so that was like for the first week. And I remember I had her and I was living in downtown Santa Monica. So there's a lot of people around and I had a lot of insecurity around like my dog is a maniac. She's going to jump up on these people. She's running all over the place. And I, and everything you read about dog training is that they need to, they, you want them right next to you, right? Your heel, you want them like literally just walking on a loose, uh, leash right next to you. Um, and so that's kind of what I was trying to do. However, I was exhausted and she was driving me nuts and she was running out in front of me, walking out in front of me, whatever. So I'm walking down the street as literally within the first week that I had her, I'm already insecure. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I already feel like an amateur, which of course I am. And this dude walks by and he just yells, like doesn't actually look me in the face, just yells right as I'm walking by him. He goes, oh God, what did he say? He goes, I'm trying to get the words right. He goes, Dogs walking out in front, sign sign of an amateur owner, or something like that. It was like dogs walking out in front, sign of an owner that doesn't know what they're doing. Like, who's first of all, who even says that? Now that I've had her for five years, like, that's not even a thing. Like, no one even comments on that. It's like, if you even notice, right? Like, no one even notices or comments or cares. But at that point, I was like, oh my God. And I wanted to turn around and like justify it and be like, I've never had a dog. This dog's only nine weeks old. You don't even know what I've been through this last week. Like, I just wanted to say all the things. It's a fucking stranger. But I remember being so upset at the time. And now looking back and having like perspective, I'm like, that's not even a thing. No one even comments on that. It's like, why would that even be the comment? And so yes, do we manifest this? Like now, and by the way, she's not that much better at walk on the leash now. So it's not <laughs> like she's all of a sudden good, you know, it's like, I'm just not available for that comment anymore because I have more reps. And because I feel more uh, proficient at owning a dog, I know that she's a good dog. She's fairly well-behaved, like all the things. So now I'm just not as insecure as a dog owner as I once was. And so it's funny how until you fully own it yourself. You leave that little bit of space for the peanut gallery to yeah. have comments. And so, if it is something that you are already sensitive about, chances are, get ready to get it pushed back in your face in some big way. And I don't
0: know why the fuck that happens. It's so funny. Cause I remember you told me that, and I had dogs literally my whole life and you were like, "What?" <laughs> and really big dogs who are often assholes on leashes. Like, you know, they're 80 pounds and they can pull you like least Pip was little, but like literally pulling me and being out of control. And I'm like, no one has ever said that to me. No one's ever commented on me walking a dog. And so I thought, that's so funny. It must be because you're just insecure about it and you were worried about it. And I don't know why it is we do this. And I was just at a retreat this weekend with um, my friend, Elizabeth, and she started this retreat as a passion project. She started out as like, this is going to be fun. And the last couple of years, it's really turned into a business. And so this weekend, this woman came up to her and was basically like telling her your marketing is insincere and you say that, you know you're about community, but you're not. And basically just almost making her feel bad about taking money for this. And we talked about it after. This was an attendee. Yes, an attendee. And then has all these criticisms. Yes. Wow. And she just went off on her. She went to all of the different people who worked there. She complained to every single person. She even complained to the chef about his food. She was like, if I was the chef, I would have done this. And this is just someone who wants to be miserable. But all of the things that she pointed out, were all things that I know my friend was insecure about. She was like worried that because now she was charging money and now this was a business and not a passion project that it wasn't okay to make money off of something. So all of these things that this woman, this one person was commenting about were all the deep back of the mind fears that she had. And so it was a great learning lesson and conversation of just going, yeah, this is your manifestation of what you had feared. And you were, and she was able to have a conversation with her and talk to her and justify it or figure it out and go, oh, wow, this isn't, this isn't a thing. Like you're allowed to make money. You can make money and have a good time and have an experience and all of these things. But it just, I see it happen over and over and it's like the people who are afraid of the comments of the trolls are going to get the trolls. The people who are afraid of these kind of things, they happen. But the beautiful thing is, is once they happen, you're like, cool, I've had the experience. I dealt with it. That wasn't as bad as I thought it would be as it was going to be. Now I can move on. That is if you have a growth mindset and you can face it. Otherwise, what will happen is if you're so afraid of it happening and it does, you use it as a like, well, that was my sign to like, stop and not do this anymore. And I want to caution anyone who's here, who's an entrepreneur or just in general, it's not a sign for you to stop. It's not a sign that's like, see, I knew it. It's a sign for you to go. All right. That was lame. Let's keep going. Like it's,
1: and I got to get on board with my shit, right? Like that's the thing is, you know, right now, I think my interpretation of a troll is even different now, you know? So for Mm. example, you know, I will get people asking a question sometimes like very curious on posts, you know, but I don't always jump to it's a troll, you know, Mm. like I don't jump to like, oh, this person is like hating or whatever. I'm just like, it's a person who has a genuine question. And that's probably because I'm confident in my abilities. Mm -hmm. So I'm confident to answer that question and not take it personal. Whereas I think 10 years ago, if someone had asked a question, like innocently, I would have seen it as this person's trying to try me, right? This person Mm -hmm. is trying to, you know, um, take me off a pedestal. This person's trying to like outstatus me. This person's like, I would have seen it maybe that way. Mm -hmm. Um, I do think I got more like a genuine trolls early on, but I think now I don't see those things as threatening. And I really think it's because of two things. Number one, I've just kind of owned my, uh, you know, I've just kind of owned it. I'm just like, this is who the fuck I am, it's fine. People are always gonna have an opinion, whatever. And I've kind of overcome that. And the second thing is I'm just better at what I do. You know, I'm just like better now. I have a, a decade worth of reps. So if someone has a question or wants to, like I personally actually at this point, like love debate. I'm like, cause I feel like I master of the material. I think mm. when you starting out, you don't have mastery you're not quite on board yet too and you're kind of there's a little bit of you that's faking it till you make it you know you're kind of like okay i go to these tony robbins events and i listen to these youtube and i listen to these podcasts and i feel inspired and then i go but i don't quite feel it in my bones yet right like i'm doing the things i'm putting one foot in front of the other but i don't really quite believe that i'm good enough yet and i do think that there's something to then creating a show of evidence that you're good enough right so at the beginning that's why, like, you know, for me, I'm not available for that comment, that dog comment. Now I've had the dog for almost six years versus, you know, I was, I was very available for it at that time. Same thing with your business. Same thing. If you're starting out, it's like, it's a beginner issue. And it doesn't mean that we're not susceptible to it, but it is uh, partially because we're not fully on board yet too. Cause as soon as you're on board and you feel confident, either you're not even energetically available for those conversations and those comments or if you see them you don't recognize them as that right so that's the butterfly effect uh and they've kind of showed some research the same thing like reason why it's funny um you know i got a new car last year and i had never really noticed this car on the the car i got it's an x6 and i remember like not never really noticing it because it just wasn't on my radar now we see them all the time right i'm like oh there's my car there's a newer model there's an older model like i'm just constantly seeing like oh i like that color so it's the same exact thing. It's like whatever you're hooked into. And they actually show us some research. We have we're taking in so many things all the time, like stimuli. Our brain really has to discern what's important and what's not. And so if you're not attuned into something, you're gonna miss it. You just literally will miss. 99% of stuff. And that's by default. Like you literally can't pay attention to every single tiny thing. And so when you have an insight into like, okay, I'm doing this, or I have this car or whatever, the butterfly effect is just, as soon as you start thinking about seeing butterflies, you tend to see them more. So it's not that maybe they're showing up more. It's just that you're noticing them more because it's in your conscious net, in consciousness now. And so I think it's probably a combination of both of those things. Your perception of something Feels more or less threatening. And the fact that you, on some level, there's a lesson to be learned, and there's some sort of fucking, I don't know, maybe we need to get a quantum physics expert on this, you know, on this show at some point to talk about uh, attraction, energy, stuff like that. I'm not a huge like, Woo, woo manifestation person, but I do believe that there's an energy to things, and you know, and we know a kind of quantum physics and stuff kind of explains that. It's like what you think about manifests, like what mm-hmm. you spend your time on, you know, what what that looks like. Um, and I remember getting into law of attraction. I don't know if I, I think you did too. At one point, I was very into it, um, and I remember being so scared to think of something negative. I was yeah. like, Oh my god, I can't even think a negative thought, or else it's gonna like, it gonna, like, it was gonna like appear in front of me like a genie or something. Um, Now I'm much more fluid with it and normal with it, but I I do think there is definitely an energetic to what you, what's that? Uh, I think Oprah said, um, what you dwell on is who you become in a Mm -hmm. way. It's kind of like, yeah, Mm -hmm. like what you're thinking about is what you're going to be most likely attuned to consciously.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, it's funny. I'm glad you brought that up because there is, there is a fear, especially I think when you're first, when you're first learning about the law of attraction of going, oh my gosh, everything I think about is going to happen. Like like I have to undo it, undo it, like reverse, reverse. And, you know, you're kind of thinking you're going to bring this into your field of existence and maybe you do. And maybe there's the, like back with the dog thing and the comment on YouTube and the comments from the peanut gallery. And then you have an opportunity to face that and realize that it's not going to change you. And what's really cool is to be able to look back and see how far you've grown. So now, if somebody leaves a comment on YouTube about my appearance or anything, I'm just like, "All right, okay, bro. They don't—they like, don't, don't have a picture on there. Nine times out of ten, probably ten times out of ten, <laughs> the troll doesn't have their own profile picture. So I'm like." <laughs> what do you look like? And you're able to just see your growth and go, you know, that kind of comment used to would have in the past made me upset all day. Made me not want to go online and post, maybe not want to share my story, but today I'm able to do these things and not care and, or even have compassion and go, man, that person must be really having a tough day to go online and just decide to like be a keyboard warrior. And so I think there's a lot of opportunities in learning when these things, when these kind of things happen, like for you, if someone would have made that comment again today, which they, again, they probably aren't going to, cause we're not even thinking about it, but if they did, you just be like, dude,
1: well, I'd also be like, you're not wrong. Like, I think that's the thing too, is when he said that I was like, he said something like, you know, owners, like not like not a good owner or something. And I was like, Like objectively I wasn't, I had only had her for a week. Of course I'm not good (laughs) yet. Right. Like objectively someone says like you have a big forehead. You could be like, yeah, maybe I do. It's relative. (laughs) Right. But like, maybe I do. And then you just go, well, well, what the fuck? Why does that matter? You know? Like, yeah, I remember (laughs) it's funny. I remember this, um, It was after I did my first figure competition and I was, I think I told the story before where I completely binged after I gained like 15 pounds over the course of like two weeks, gained back everything I lost for the show um, and just was so like embarrassed and ashamed and so sensitive about it. Like I literally looked at a different person two weeks later. And I remember when when I was there with my dad and I was like just crushing rolls, like they bring like bread or whatever. And I was eating the rolls and he was like, well, someone's hungry or said something like that. Like someone's hungry or like someone likes bread. And I remember getting so fucking mad. I remember being like, motherfucker, you don't even know what I just did these last 16 weeks. You don't have that kind of willpower. Like I want to justify it. But looking back, I'm like, I did like the bread. I was crushing it. (laughs) He wasn't wrong, right? Like it wasn't even a rude comment. It was literally a true comment. Just an observation. I was so sensitive about it. I was so angry. So this guy was like, you know, owner doesn't know what they're doing. I'm like, he's fucking right. I don't know what I'm doing. So even if, so if someone does call you out, quote, call you out on social and say something like, I think it's okay to be like, you might be right. Maybe they're not right. But if they are, it's also, it doesn't mean it's personal. It doesn't mean something's bad about you. It doesn't mean you're wrong. It doesn't mean you have to pack it up and just, you know, go offline. Doesn't mean any of that. They might just be like, you don't know. And you might be like, yeah, I kind of am just learning this and Mm -hmm. I'm not quite good yet. And Mm -hmm. so I think if you take away the emotion, like the negative, like emotion associated with it, you could maybe just sit with it and be like,
0: yeah, you're right. And also that's fine. I'm going to own that shit. Yep. Yep. I think a big lesson we've really talked about this a lot is ownership and just owning the stuff then people can't hold against you when you're just like, yep, that's me. That's true. that actually is you're not wrong. You're yeah, like, you mm-hmm. love this bread.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're like sorry, Rachel, yes, it's, sir. it's delicious. It's really delicious. No, their ownership makes a big deal, uh like really helps you get through this kind of stuff. And It's just a funny thing. And I just I wanted to bring it up as a topic today because I I feel like this happens so often. Mm -hmm. We're constantly whether in relationships, you know, personal relationships, our Mm -hmm. parents. Uh, our totally. partners, you know, the thing that we're afraid someone's going to see and call us out on, we end up getting called out, you know, siblings will say something and you're like, damn it. And it's like, it gives us a chance to get introspective and go, why did I care so much? Or why am I trying to hide this part of myself? Or what mm-hmm. does it say about me? And it really is about the stories we say about ourselves. And it gives us a chance to go, okay, that's, it's done. It's said my biggest fear came true. And now I'm going to learn <laughs> learn from it and move on.
1: Yeah. It's so good. I remember Byron, Byron Katie says like defense is the first act of war. In mm. other words, it's like, and it's not to say that you, that, you know, defending yourself isn't sometimes justified, but like notice. So I always think about that the situation with the bread basket. I was like, yeah, why was I so defensive about that? Right. Like why? So to me, the, def- the, desire to be defensive, And justify and like validate and like tell that guy what was up with the dog. Like all of that's fine, but also that's not helpful. Like it's not, it's not at all the solution to us to that situation. The situation is looking, trying to look at it objectively as possible and just go, all right, yeah, it's fine. Like you said, my worst fear came true. Did I survive it? Can I survive it again? Yeah. And also I'll be, I'll be better, I'll be better at surviving it. Through and it and it might actually go away completely once I work through this sensitivity.
0: Once I work through this insecurity. Mm-hmm. So good, love it. Well, would love to hear about your things that got called out on you. <laughs> <laughs> if you all have any stories, love to hear them in the Best Life Podcast group. Also, I want to see some new reviews. If you guys, My God, we had interest. some
1: new ones. Have you? Oh, watched? do we? No, we do. I noticed read, we had a couple read, new read. ones.
0: You know, sometimes the po- the Apple Podcast app is the worst app. Actually, I started listening yeah. to podcasts lately on Spotify because it's I'm always having issues. <gasps> we
1: did. We oh. got one from Lindsey Chapman. We got one from Rhonda Starks. Hey, Rhonda, and then we got one from Spot On Mom. Oh,
0: thank you, ladies. Yeah, we got
1: some. We got three new ones in the last month. Really oh gosh, appreciate I that. It. I know you they're so awesome. fun to read.
0: You're the best. Y'all, if you have a second to leave a review, it's so appreciated. It. I'm going to go read those now because they make my day
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um, it really helps other people know what the show is in, what's in, sh- in store for them in the show. Um, you know, it helps people like you who, if you're, if this show has helped you in any way, or you've learned something from it and maybe, you know, in the review, I know sometimes I think like, what am I supposed to leave in a review? One thing I like, and maybe this is like a testimonial too, like I would tell clients to leave a testimony, uh, maybe a topic in which you were helped, or maybe even explaining something about your life. Like, Hey, I was recently going through some issues in my relationship and this podcast really helped me, or I'm a mom of four kids and this podcast helped me in this way. So maybe just ways that you can share who you are and how, how the podcast fits in your life or how you how it helps you. That way someone else who might be reading it go, Oh, that's me. Maybe this can help me too. Or maybe that would serve me in the same way. So just some ideas. If you feel like you don't really know how to write a review or what to say, because I know whenever I leave reviews places, I, I get stumped quite often. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, and we appreciate them so much. Anyway, y'all are
1: the best. Thank you so much. We're getting back on our regular scheduled recording schedule, sort of, Uh, but obviously always interested in topics that you guys want to hear us tackle. Uh, If there's anything from relationships, mindset, you know, business, even business stuff, whatever you guys are kind of grappling with or anything sort of like questions or things that you have going on in your life, you can always hit us up. The Best Life Podcast is our website. Bestlifepodcast.com is our website. Uh, And there's a link to our closed Facebook group there. We've had a lot of, people recently joined that Facebook group and then also on Instagram at the best life podcast heads up in the DMS. Uh, and we will also be sharing our usual memes on the, uh, best life pretty soon. i Danny and I've been sending a lot to each other. I know we got a whole library backed up of, of memes that have to get put up. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for all your support. We appreciate you and we will see you on the next episode. Bye guys. See ya.